What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Fit Fun Father podcast. I'm your host, Michael Sobke, and today we have brought a an amazing guest. I've known this gentleman for over 30 years of my life. We went to school together, elementary through high school, and then, of course, life gets in the way and throws us into opposite directions. Reuniting after over 20 years, um, he is a chiropractor, doctor of chiropractic out of Colorado, Mr. RJ Gelinas. Let me continue because this guy's got some good accolades here. Also the recipient of the Unsung Hero Award. He's a board member for the Colorado Chiropractic Association. He's a parent. He's a husband. He's a rugby player. He's a weightlifter. He will run faster than you, and most importantly, this guy, there's nothing he doesn't do. I'm not sure how he fits it all in, because I think we have a 24-hour clock, but he must live on something completely different. Super pleased to bring him to you. Again, I just have nothing but respect for this individual. Um, Him and I are venturing in the coaching journey. I am helping him. I am his coach, online coach, um, and I'm super soaked and pleased that he would come along um, and let me hold him a bit accountable. So everybody, welcome, a big welcome, I should say, to Mr. R.J. Gelinas. Record. Hey, R.J., thanks again for joining me on the old fit fun father podcast how are things going my friend you know awesome bro uh just thank you so much for uh asking me to come on here and join the fit fun father crew um you know it's like i said to you this is something i can get behind um i I just think it's awesome what you're doing that you're inspiring uh men to become fit fun fathers and i think that's what it's all about bro so congratulations to you and i'm just honored and humbled that you would ask me to be part of your podcast no, I totally appreciate that. Before we kind of dive into maybe some of the health and fitness things, and of course, you being a chiropractor, you deal with a lot of, I'm sure, people that come in through your uh, practice and uh, need a lot of help. But you know what I really want to start with? You and I have known each other for 30-some years. Uh, we went to uh, school together as kids. We hung out quite a bit. Obviously, after high school, like most things, we move on and, and go about our separate ways. Kind of give me a rundown. Uh, when you left high school, what was your, you know, obviously getting into chiropractic, what was the thought process behind all that? And what, what were some of the things that drove you to get to that, to where you are now? So, yeah, th- you know, I was thinking about that this morning, knowing that we're having this call. I'm like, I'm pretty sure we went from grade one all the way to grade 12 together. And, you know, it we lost track and then we circle back and it's that circle of life, not to sound too Lion King cliche. But I mean, that's what it is, man. It's about the circle of life. But to answer that question for you, Mikey, um, you know, how did I choose chiropractic? It's almost like chiropractic chose me. Um, my oldest brother's a chiropractor. He was my first experience with chiropractic when I was about 12 years old. Uh, my dad took me one day and I went to use my brother for sports and athletics. And, you know, if I got in a car accident, I'd go see him. And uh, funny thing was, I started playing a lot of rugby and played in the Super League in Canada. Uh, played for the Edmonton Klansmen, uh, played for the Edmonton Gold. And then I got recruited to go to chiropractic college to play rugby. And I went 
to go to school. And I thought I was going to come back home to Edmonton and open up a practice with my brother called the House of Pain. And what happened was in school, I got diagnosed with cirrhosis and diabetes. And people didn't know what to do or where to send me because the medical doctor said it was pills. And there was a lot of them. And the biggest side effect of the medications weren't like organ failure or death. It was infertility, sterility, and erectile dysfunction at 27 years old. And I'm like, there's no way I'm going to have ED. Like I would, I would rather die, get hit by a bus, get eaten by a shark than have ED. And I'm like, no, what are my choices? And I remember going back to my medical doctor at the Misericordia and I went in, I'm like, Hey, you know, what do I do? And he's like, you take the pills or you die. The choice is up to you. And I'm like, great, thanks. He's like, what are you going to do? And I'm like, there's no way in hell I'm taking these pills. And then the medical man sits there and he goes, well, the why? I'm like, well, ED, the chances of that happening. I'm like, you said chances? I'm out. He goes, well, what are you going to do? I said, I'd rather go out having fun for the rest of my life and die having fun than never have fun again. And uh, so I, I went back to school. Uh, people started hearing this like, hey, you got to go meet this doc. You got to go meet this doc. And he was a chiropractor. And literally, he took me through this change of mindset and change of being into the chiropractor I am today and the healer I am today and the helper that he looked at me and he said, you're committing suicide by lifestyle choice. And I'll never forget that day. It was August 28th of 2006. That's the day I quit drinking. I quit fast food. I quit pop. I quit chewing about. I quit all my bad things to say, there's no more. There's no more blaming my bad health or my situation on genetics. There's no more blaming it on my family. There's no more blaming it on uh, you know coaches or mentors or health insurance, whatever it was, that I was the responsibility, that I was the problem. And there's a huge I in that. And once people realize that I, you can actually start to make the change. So I started going down this method of more principled chiropractic back to the philosophies that started in 1895, that the human body can heal, that we're self-regulating, self, you know, organisms that have the divine and power divinity and, you know, divinity to heal, regulate and repair ourselves. And so that's the message that I bring to chiropractic every single day in my office is that, I get these people that come in that want to be the best versions of themselves. And to do that, you have to work at hundred percent from above down inside out being the brain's got to communicate with the cells. And so that's, that's my history of chiropractic. I'm super principled in chiropractic. I'm super specific in my adjustments. I'm one of the only chiropractors that works with the Atlas, which is the top cervical vertebrae that basically affects the brainstem. So if that bone's out of alignment, the human body cannot work at hundred percent. And lo and behold, I found out when I got in this line of work that I was born traumatic C-section and that from day one of my life. So the entire time that you knew me up till 27 years old, my body was not working properly. So there's my, there's my rundown to that question of how did I get into chiropractic? And I always say it chose me. It, it, you know, the cirrhosis and diabetes were part of the plan to get me to be the doctor I am today and to help as many people as I can today. And the least amount of thing I help people for in my practice are neck and back pain. But what I'm really working people on for is, uh, you know, autoimmune diseases or uh, emotional problems or tumors or diabetes, these conditions that medical man can't figure out an answer to. We're actually getting really good results in our office because we do this whole human approach to allowing the human body to heal, regulate and repair itself. What we're all created to do. Absolutely. Awesome stuff. 
Yeah, I, I, I know it took me a little later in life to kind of figure that stuff out. I mean, obviously starting to get in shape, being overweight for as long as I was and, and obviously in an unhappy marriage. Uh, for those of you who, are, who have listened to the rest of my podcast, I do go in and explain that. But um, yeah, I, I love the chiropractor. I, I go see one on a regular basis. Um, I'm going to come down and see you and, and let you do some work on me for sure. I think that would be fantastic. At some point, we'll, we'll have to get together and exercise and, and um, do a lot of that stuff. Tell me a little bit about uh, this Unsung Hero Award that you got. I'm really interested to hear about that. I mean, dude. Yeah, I was shocked too. Um, so what happened was a couple of years ago, I, they, we needed people to run to protect principled chiropractic, which is uh, we, we don't want to become medical doctors. We want to stay, again, working on the human spine and doing all things chiropractic. Um, so A, if you're not getting and if people are listening and they go to a chiropractor and your chiropractor doesn't adjust your spine um, and your nervous system, you're not going to a chiropractor. So I get a lot of people like, oh, I just got hooked up to machines. Uh, they put a lot of electricity on me. Is, is that a good chiropractor? I'm like, no, chiropractic is hands-on. So I joined the Colorado Chiropractic Association. I won a position. So I'm, I'm a board member, um, represent chiropractors in the state of Colorado. And I got fed up with how things were doing and things were going on. So I worked really hard with our education committee and the board members, and I changed our convention, which is coming up October 25th, to 27th of 2019. And I got a lot of big names in chiropractic to come out to Colorado to speak for this event. Um, I fight for chiropractors. I, I want to keep it true to our profession, to our foundation principles and practices of chiropractic, which is the science, philosophy, and art. Um, and again, we, we have a strong backing in that. And so I just wanted to create an amazing event for these docs to come to, to build community uh, and to have like huge momentum and energy in the state of Colorado. And so another guy that was, that helped me in that, his name's Dr. Danny Knowles. He practices in Boulder. He runs a seminar called Mile High Chiropractic out here in the Mile High State. Um, don't get me on that topic. It goes, I mean, you guys got that in Alberta now anyways. So everyone's all up in smoke all day long. But on the flip side of that, we're at the event. He's like, hey, I'm going to let you do an announcement um, for the convention. And then they announced that they're doing an award. And I was like, ah, you know, awesome. I like to see chiropractors get rewarded. And they called my name and I was absolutely floored that they gave me the Unsung Hero Award of, of chiropractic in the state of Colorado. So it's, it's pretty cool. That is wicked, dude. Like serious, serious awesomeness there. And I, you know, I know we had this conversation the other day, you were talking about maybe some big names coming through the office. You've obviously met one of uh, somebody I've looked up to a very long time, Mr. Phil Heath, seven time Mr. Olympia. Like, dude, you got to be really stoked with some of the things that are coming your way here. Like good. on. Yeah. You. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's so crazy. Once you, uh, let the world just do what the world does and it takes really good care of you. Um, you know, just being able to be a part and, and do interesting things for people and make a difference through just having people, like I said, become their best. You get the opportunities to work with some pretty cool people. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. And I, I know with, uh, you know, episode eight that we're recording right now and I was so excited this morning when I got out of bed and I was just plugging away trying to put some stuff together for potential clients you know I obviously with this journey that I'm on with online coaching and of course I've decided to go back to school to get my nutrition and personal training certifications which I think is super important 
I'm going to venture onto a big journey um, to get into cover model shape, which is a little out of the norm for me, but I think it's something that uh, is a little next level for a goal. So lots on my plate, super excited, but I don't think people really realize like when you are passionate about something like you are with chiropractic and as a parent, passionate about getting in shape and being healthy, that yeah, good things come your way. Just, just solely on the passion. I mean, my mission statement's been, you know, I get out of bed every day with the thought of helping somebody, you know, one person, you know, if I make a hundred podcasts and only one person listens and takes something from it, then really I've, I've won, you know, it's, it's, yeah. it's, so there's, there's a, the fear that we get into, right. Cause inside of us all is greatness. Like at the core of us all, there is something unique and special. There's gifts and talents. And the problem is, is that we start to look and judge. Like, you know, I was saying to you, and I love this journey that you're on. And that's why I reached out to you months ago on Facebook. Cause I saw your photos. I'm like, dude, man, Mike looks like he's in the best shape I've ever seen you in. And you're over 40 like me. And I work really hard to, in my health and my fitness, um, with what we eat as our family, how like my kids have never had fast food and I threaten them all the time with taking them to fast food restaurants and they'll cry like, no daddy, you can't do that to us. Where it was just opposite of us growing up where we lived in fast restaurants yeah. and that was the norm and it's just creating that culture shift. But the point I wanted to make is this, that if you don't focus on the one, you don't get focused. And then you think like, oh, I'm coaching eight people, but Joe Blow down the street's coaching 30. He's better than me. And it's not, it's not about him being better. It's not like even in chiropractic, we see a lot of people in my office and people don't understand how we do it. And it's simple. When that one person's in my table, that's the only person I'm seeing at that moment. Yeah. I don't worry about anything else. Who's next? What's to come? It's I'm connected to that one-on-one. And that's what I like to like about you, man. It's like, if you can help one person, then your whole, your whole time here on, on, on earth is, is there. And I remember years ago in chiropractic, I was so focused on everyone else. And I was at church and one of my great friends, he's a pastor of mine, uh, Scott Nickel was preaching and he was telling a story about the, the guy that goes up to Jesus and says, how do I have eternal life? And Jesus goes, you sell everything and follow me. And there's nothing else in the story. And that was so profound to me because I'm like, oh my God, Jesus didn't care what that man did. He told him what he needed to do. He laid down a plan and he walked away. And then that was the defining moment for me in chiropractic and practice and a life that I can only tell people certain things. What that person wants to do is up to them, but my job is done because I've told them, I've showed them a way and I've provided an opportunity. So I think, you know, as you go through this and you, and you start to grow and you start to expand, never lose that. Like your job is to only do so much. It's up to me on the other side or whoever you're working with to put in the fricking work. Yeah, no, absolutely. A hundred percent. I think it's a, it's a complete mind switch. I did. I know the last episode I did was on perspective and something that I always try and get other people to understand is, is that if you're not happy in your life, which I led a lot of unhappiness, I spent a lot of years thinking that by making a good income to provide a house and a car, what that was the way to being happy. And it really did the opposite. And, you know, 
I'll, I'll tell you something super scary. You know, I've been in the construction business for 20 years. I've made it to the top of the mountain in that field. I've made, you know, over the years, several millions of dollars. I've made, you know, six figure income continuously every year. And people are like, what are you doing? I'm like, money doesn't mean anything. Like I'm okay. Not having any money in the bank. If, I'm going to be happy when I get out of bed every morning because I spent a lot of time just being miserable. And my health and, and wellness was a big part of that. I was overweight. I was drinking pop and eating ice cream and McDonald's was the go-to. And it, it's just like when you start to get healthy and I try and get, uh, get this across to people and, and obviously you can contest to this, the way you feel is just at another level. And I think people need to try and I think the biggest thing is to try and get people to overcome that, that one, take that leap over the cliff because you don't get to, you never get to see the decision you didn't make. You only get to see the ones you do make. And at the end of the day, I always tell people, people think I'm nuts when I say this. I'm like, they're like, Mike, well, like, like, I can't do this. I'm like, what's, why should I go in this direction? I'm kind of scared. I'm like, you're going to die. What I said, you're gonna die. You you're gonna die. So no matter what you do with your life, the end result's the same. So if you go out there and want to be unhappy and make a million bucks, you're still gonna die. So why not go in the direction that's gonna provide happiness for you? And that's something I admire about you, RJ. I mean, you you from an earlier age, you got into something you loved off the bat, and you just you've been helping people for a very long time. You've got some crazy accolades. I've seen you over the years, get in amazing shape. Um, you know, the fasting, there's something else I wanted to go into 21 days without food. 20. I, I won't 20. steal that extra one. It was only 20. <laughs> like, dude, tell me about that experience. I, I, I went five, five is the longest I've gone without food. And people think I'm nuts. If I go more than eight, like, so go into that's, that. okay. So, so coming from understanding the human body, you get a lot of people that have addictions. Okay. And the biggest thing people are addicted to is food. Um, you know, I, I don't drink. So, you know, stress comes in. What do we do? We turn to shoving more stuff down our throats. And so it was, uh, it was all co credit to my wife. She goes, Hey, a, a doctor that we follow is doing this fast. Um, you know, you want to try it. It's a five day fast. We don't eat for five days. I'm like, sure, I'll do it you know, whatever we'll do with a lot of people. It's always fun to be part of a group. And that's why I love the whole fun fit father thing. And, uh, you know, I'll talk about that here in a sec, but she goes, do you want to do this? Yeah, I'm in. And in the back of my mind, I'm like, I'm going for fucking broke. Like I am not going five. Like I am not eating for five days. I'm going to set some freaking world record. And so we just started and she, she's like, are you, how long are you going to go? I'm like, I'm going as long as I can. And so I was doing great. Uh, you know, first couple of days were a little weird by day 12. I was like the easiest thing ever. I think I played hockey on day, uh, 15 or maybe 14 or 15. I was freaked out, uh, cause I didn't sweat and my heart felt a little bit different after not ha having eaten for a few days. Um, and then, you know, we, we finished it up at day 20. And the only reason I ate was cause I was traveling and I was like, Oh, I'd be better off breaking the fast now. But realistically I should have kept going. Like there was, I don't know what came about me. I started reading Jason Fung's book and realized the lady did it for like 480 some days of fasting. And I was like, I can't do that. So I lost 
And then uh, I just ended at day 20, man. And it was, it was phenomenal. You learn a lot about yourself. Uh, we purged a lot of stuff in our house. I started going through closets, getting rid of old crap in my life. Um, I love the fasting in terms of human body performance. When you don't eat, your body can actually take energy and start to heal. So I, heal, I healed some old injuries I had from rugby back in the day. There was one day, probably day seven, I woke up in excruciating knee pain from old injuries in high school that finally got to heal because my body could take that energy and start to heal. But a lot of people fear that, oh my God, if you don't eat, you're going to die. And I'm like, no, if you're over 5% body fat, you can fast for a long time. Now, if you're under 5% body fat and you're going to start fasting, then it can throw stuff off. If you're pregnant, obviously don't, <laughs> don't start fasting. If you're nursing a child, do not start fasting. There's, there's times and a place to fast, but it was awesome, man. I, I loved it. I love fasting. Yeah, I know for sure. I think a lot of people and I, I I know most people that are trying to get get in better shape don't really care about a lot of a lot of the science because there's hormone um Im imbalances and there's things that happen with our hormones that play a big part in in our diet. Um but to add, add one more thing on that. Yes, so if someone's sure. listening, it's like, hey, I want to lose weight, I'm gonna fast. That's not why you fast. Yeah. Okay, so it's also motive behind why you do it. Like if you want your body to heal, if you want to regulate hormones, if you want to help a disease process, fast. If you want to do it because you're you want to lose some weight, nothing's gonna change. You're gonna come back off and go back to the same old habits. So right. if you're gonna fast for weight loss, fast and then change your entire life. Give up the pop, give up the fast food, give up the drugs, um, give up everything you're doing that's wrong. Do a fast, your body will lose the cravings. And then don't put any of that shit back in. And then you can get some great results too that way. Yeah, that's a hundred percent, hundred percent accurate. I, and I, and I tell people all the time that that's a, that's fasting is something you need to do to curb your relationship with food or understand your relationship for, with food as well. Right. Um, yeah. yeah, I know there's some, for those of you who, uh, obviously are listening, Jason Fung, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, doctor out of Toronto, deals with a lot of diabetics and uh, uses the fasting method to um, cure or have type two diabetes for the most part, I think. And one, if I'm mistaken. Well, all things. I mean, yeah. you help any condition known a man if you allow the power of the body to heal the body and not eating is giving power back to the body. So yes, you're correct in your statement uh, for your listeners. Get I might have lost you there. We're having a little technical difficulties here. RJ, I'm not sure if you can still hear me, but you've broken up. That is the beauty of podcasting live and raw. Things happen to the connections. Hopefully we get him back. I've lost him. We will have to do some fancy editing. Um, anyway, I'm just going to carry on until he comes back. because I really don't want to pause the momentum here. Um, some really good thoughts on um, fasting. Um, obviously, we want to get into 
the um, chiropractic part of things. I'm going to send him another invite while I'm on the fly live. Here we go. Is he back? No. Bummer. Hopefully he gets back into the back into the podcast and we'll keep going. We're on a roll. We're flying. The record button is still on and he is back. Somebody. Oh, you're back. Back in black, sir. Lost you. Dude. That's right. I kept going. I kept going without you. I'm not good, good with editing, know, so I just said I'm going to keep rambling until, until he gets back. So, so I had I had my phone sitting in here in my truck in the window, and it got too hot. My phone overheated. So, guests, all you listening, this is the the beauties of technology. It's not always foolproof. So, anyway, we were talking about uh, Jason Fung, uh, diabetes, and the benefits of fasting, and then we went black. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure you did every. I, all I was gonna say is get his book. I mean, his book has got everything you need in there. If you do Facebook, uh, find Jason Fung. You can go in his group. I mean, there's tons of people posting in there all the time. Again, you know, I would listen to Jason Fung. There's also another guy from from Alberta, from what I think uh, up near you. Yeah, Snake Cole. Diet. Yeah, Cole Robinson. Yeah, he's. A, yeah, I'd he's like to get him on the show. Stuff. Yeah, dude, you should. He's. He's. Uh, I love him, and I love his. Uh, Canadian accent and his boldness. So I'll send this out to Mr. Cole and uh, I'll reach out to him, see if I can get him on. But he, I like his, uh, he's very explicit. I might have to uh, be, be quite the episode with him on it, but I'd be fantastic. Yeah. There's lots of good sources and uh, I'll put those links in the show notes. So that anybody listening can go down and click on those links as well. Um, and then I'll sit, obviously put the link, any information, uh, how you can get a hold of RJ as well. I'll put in the show notes. Um, let's uh, let's move on. Um, next question I was going to kind of pick your brain about is obviously you've seen uh, hundreds, if not thousands, of people come through your office or your career. What's some of the big biggest unhealthy challenges that you face with? Especially, let's talk about dads coming in, and um, what are the maybe some of the things that you're telling them and they should be doing yeah i mean that's a great question like a lot of the a lot of the dads that come in um you know the hardest ones for me are like the old elite athletes right like oh i played at such a high level they come in now they're way over out of shape they're overweight they have no energy they're tired all the time they're like my testosterone's low and i'm like okay well we can change that you know let's let's get you back on a path let's get you on a journey to get your life back and i think the biggest thing, you know, I don't really tell them much. I just role model through myself. So it's like this year, I've been talking with buddies that I played rugby with back home, that there was a tournament coming to Colorado in 2020, a gold moldies rugby tournament in Denver. And I wanted to play. And so I was looking, there's a rugby club up by me that they started doing practice Tuesdays and Thursday nights at seven. I'm like, well, I can do that. My kids are older. They come with me, they hang out and watch. So I started getting back into rugby at 40 years old and, you know, I did a lot of sled training and all summer long running and doing Murph every week and just really big into fitness just to show people that you can do it no matter what. 
So the hardest part is in, in this whole thing is getting a person to take the responsibility to do the work. Um, that's the biggest challenge I face is how do you get someone to do it? And for me, the easiest way is I just live it and I just teach it. So a lot of times when these men will come in, they'll be afraid. Oh, I can't, it's the same thing. I can't do that. I have this, I have that yet. They want a different goal. And it's the same thing. Like you said, like you're going to die and you have to say that to these men, like, Hey, your kids are watching you. You know, what do you want out of your kids? Well, I just want them to, to be active and have a great life. And well, guess who the role model is? Like yeah. they're either following you or they're going to follow someone else on Facebook or Instagram or whatever is Snapchat, whatever this other crap is. And they're just living the lies. So be the leader, be the man, buck up and start getting, start taking your health back. But like I've helped people with MS. I've helped people with, uh, you know, bad arthritis. I help people with diabetes, uh, cancers, like you name it these men and they come in and they start following what I can teach them. They start getting their lives back in shape and they, they radically transform their lives and then they're transforming their families' lives because men typically are the leader in, in certain things. Now I'm not saying that they can't, but they have to, they have to be part of that too. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it's something that I wanted to kind of transition into with that is, you know, coaching um, something and, and actually going back to the retired sports athlete, I want to just throw a little plug in there. I do have a fantastic, uh, I know this fantastic woman, uh, Natalie Potts, I'm sure if she's listening, I'll give her a little shout out. She specifically deals with coaching retired athletes and that mentality because that's a tough thing. When you when you reach the pinnacle of your career in, in the sports industry, you know, something that you've got to work really hard and you get through it and past it, it's hard sometimes, I think, when people make big goals, you know, like setting the goal to win, win an Olympic medal. And then once you got the medal, I think, the, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, well, now what? You know, um, I think going from that um, and I want to kind of put this out there for the audience. And it's not just a shameless plug for myself because I'm an online coach, but I just want to like really give people the perspective of what coaching means now uh, I know you and I are kind of working together um, with some coaching and by no means so people out there uh, listening to this RG knows what he's doing he is very well versed with uh, exercise dieting how to stay in shape but what it and and myself I, you know, I've spent the last couple of years trying to perfect my knowledge of everything from hormones to how to put on muscle, how to shave fat, how to, and then to put it all to the test. I still need a coach. I actually have two of them. I have a business coach and I have a uh, fitness coach. And it's super important because I think a lot of people forget there's the accountability aspect that most people need. Professional sports athletes don't become professional sports athletes because they're talented. They become professional sports athletes because of good coaching, or that's a large part of it. Give me your take, RG, on, on coaching and what you think of coaching and your experiences with coaching in, in your as a coach and with having coaches. Okay, so... I mean, in terms of the athletic ability, yes, absolutely. Like the coaches, I like the coaches that were in my face. 
Um, you know, playing dip, higher, different levels of rugby at Palmer, we had different coaches about every three months or almost every year because guys would graduate. But I like the guys that, A, were in your face, but they're also the guys that were doing it. So I take – I am coachable, but I'm more coachable by the guy that's living it and doing it than the guy that said, hey, this is what I did at one point in time. Here's what I'm doing. Yeah. So I had a coach, uh, you know, right at, right at school. We had no coaches. My wife and I joined a group of chiropractors. There was really good coaching. It went a different philosophical view that we wanted to do. So we got out of it. I didn't have a coach for the longest time. And then that's a bad place to be because you have all the, you all the, you have all the tools, you have all the skill sets, but you're not taking action because there's no one to hold you accountable. And, uh, I'll never forget. My dad was down, uh, a few years back and I was talking to him about coaching. He's like, well, you know, it's sort of like we, he starts talking about boss or coaching. He's like, you know, I, when I, when he was a top level salesman in the company was and winning all the awards, he said that he always, he always had a coach and always had a boss, that he, that he created for himself to answer to and to follow up with. And so then, yeah, for me, I have a coach in, in chiropractic. There's a couple of them I use, uh, you know, really good stuff. They pour into me, they give me good ideas, but it's just that place to be around. And same with you. Like, that's why I said to you, like, I want to do this with you. I want to become a part of this and help you. I want to take fun fit fathers all over the world, just like you, because I think it's important that a children get to see their dads in that light but then it's just going to create the world to be a better place of fun, fit fathers. And that's what the world needs to end, you know, the shit going on and the people doing really stupid stuff. So I think in terms of me, like I love having coaches to help me at fitness, even though I have a great knowledge base on it and know it, it's just to push me. It's to hold me accountable. It's to get me out of my comfort zone. It's to get me doing things. So I'm all for coaching. And I think everyone, like you look at McDavid, right? Like Connor McDavid, greatest hockey player, around yeah. you look at Gretzky to Crosby they all had coaches yeah no. like they all know what they need to do in the summer yet they go hire these coaches to help them go there yeah and it's the same thing in life like you look at you got this young son and my kids we do things for them we put them in to get coaching to do it it's just part of a life and I, that's the way I look at it yeah exactly setting the example I know it's super important I uh um I know my sister's going to listen to this but we had a really good conversation yesterday I've taken her um through a bit of a workout exercise regime and trying to help her the best and and uh, we had a conversation yesterday at the dinner table and I never thought I would actually say this but I did because it, it it's genuine and it's from the heart and it's a real understanding of helping people and it's and it goes against being selfish or thinking that because she's my little sister that I have all the tools that can help her and I actually referred her referred her to a different coach i actually said you know what i think even though i'm there to help you i i think you're better suited with this person um now there's there's some things that come with that is and i and i was blunt and i said you know you're gonna have to pay her and i think that's a big part of it you know as a family member it's not stating that i don't want to be there to help her but it's like I know that she's driven inside. She's got those goals that she wants to achieve. And I just think that it's not always about me and what I want to do for her. It's about her getting the best out of somebody who can actually push her. So I referred her to a different coach. It was really tough for me to do. 
Um, not saying I won't be there if she's listening to this. Don't think I've abandoned you. I love you to death. You're, you're my rock. You've been there for a long time. But I think to get to a certain point, um, I would do it just disservice if I didn't push that. All right. So it, it goes back. Um, again, I'm going to go biblical here. Um, it's a big part of my life and who I am. Um, so I know in the Bible, Jesus talks about the worst place to go is back to your hometown and work with your family. So I'm, I'm there, man, because it's the same thing. I got four siblings um, and it's hard, you know, I give them advice and it's hard, but it's hard to really coach those closest to you because you're always seen in their eyes of who you are. So, you know, there's only so much Mary Jane can get from you because then you turn back into big brother, Mike. Yeah. Right. It's, it's the same thing. And so I, I, I support that. And I think that, yeah, there's a certain way you can get them to, but there's a time that they need to go get information from someone else. And it's the same way, you know, it's, it works both ways. If you were going to her for advice and she was an expert in some area, she would be telling you eventually, Hey, you need to go yeah. do, go get this person because it, it is, it's tough. It's so tough. So I get that. Yeah, no, I admit I've said to her, you know, I'm never going to charge you and I'm never going to like be super hard on you. So I'm kind of doing you a disservice. You know, you're not getting, you're not going to get the full value out of what I have because you view me on a, on a different level. And that's, yeah, yeah. absolutely. 100%. Yeah. Even my girlfriend, I mean, she, uh, she, she's looking, you know, her and I want to go to the Dominican in December. And, you know, uh, I said, I'm not coaching you. She's like, no, I don't want you to coach me anyway. Right. Like, because we have a strong, um, intimate relationship and we're, uh, best friends and she, she's the absolute world to me. And, uh, if I'm going to be a coach, I'm, you know, I could be a bit of an asshole. So <laughs> not a line I want to cross. <laughs> no, but the best part was that you thought she was going to hire you. And she's like, no, bro, I don't want you. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it. I'm like, oh, damn. So if she can post that coach's information too. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've already referred her. I've got, and that's the cool thing about networking. And, and for those of you who are listening, who maybe don't have the support network out there, I'm like, I have such a support network, um, with all different types of people that I can reach out to for different things. I think that's super important. Yes. A lot of them, I, you know, directly or indirectly pay for, um, but it's to better myself. And I think that's super important for people to understand is it's all about growing. If you're not growing as an individual and you're just, if you're staying in the same place, you, how do you expect anything to change? You know, growth comes out of adversity and, and hardship and constantly learning and improving yourself. So, Oh, you forgot one thing in there though. Yes. You know what, you know what the biggest thing for growth is DTF or DTW doing or D TFW doing the fucking work. Like yes. people want results in life, but they don't want to put in the work. Like that, and that's the, that's the thing. Like when you asked a question earlier about like how do you coach men, it's starting at day one. But they want they want to look like you know Phil Heath or The Rock or you or they want to have this certain physique and they want to get it in one workout. Yeah. Or like exactly. I want to lose weight. Great. Eat better. Well, I did once. Like, awesome. Way to go. How'd that work? Like, it's so crazy. It's just like to be like, I tried chiropractic. I got adjusted one time. It didn't work. Yep. I ate lettuce one day. 
didn't lose any weight. I gave up, went back to McDonald's, like put in the work, put in the work and be consistent with the work. And it's like anything, you know, I don't always like getting up and having to post stories on Instagram or having to put together a meal plan for somebody who I probably am going to send it to and they may not use it or, you know, constantly pushing, doing mundane things. But I know at the end of the day that it's the consistency, consistency that's going to get me to that point. No different than when I started working out. When I worked out for a week in the very beginning, I didn't lose a, I didn't lose a whole lot of weight. I didn't look any different in the mirror. Three weeks later, I didn't look any different in the mirror. You know, it was that consistency over time that got me to the physical change. And I'm still not 100% where I want to be. And I don't think it's, it's all about the journey and moving towards those, those, those individual goals. Um, but back to the, uh, the, the parenting part of things, because it's super important, obviously, to to address a lot of these parents. My son said something to me yesterday that was profound. Um, he he sat there and he said, Dad, you're by showing me that you are not afraid to venture and do the things that you love gives me the confidence to pursue the things in my life that I want to do. And to hear that from your kid is absolutely um it's 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 very emotional to um to hear from but it's i'm overjoyed to to know that for every day i got up and was scared to make change and i just did it anyway that i got the best out of him you know i've i've, I've he's been watching and if you don't think your kids are watching you're you're out in space your kids are watching everything you do if you're going to grab a six pack of beer and sit on the couch every night and watch football that is the that is what you are teaching your kids to do if you're going to get up when you're tired and you don't feel good and you're going to go to the gym and you come home and then you do your, your obligations and then you're up late because things need to get done your kids see that so very important that you yeah i mean it's apple for your kids yeah, I mean, that's the biggest thing is like, they're like you said, man, they're always on their eyes are always on their feelings are always on They're emotionally connected to energy. And if you're putting out good energy, you're teaching them the good habits. Um, it's interesting, because we were my wife and I are in this small group. And they were talking about how it was a thing about marriage and stuff like that. And they're saying, Well, how did you see your parents deal with conflict? I'm like, well, I never knew there was conflict um, in my house because my mom was always upstairs doing her thing, reading. And my dad was always in front of the TV watching hockey. And I thought that was a normal relationship and marriage till later on in life when I saw them, you know, communicate more and stuff like that. So then we bring those things into our life. And it's, it's the same adage of what you want to teach your children. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you want your kids to be fit and healthy, you got to do it. And that's why at our house, like we tell them the truth, like, you know, why can't they have sugar? Well, because it creates, it creates bad cells in the body and it creates disease, right? Like, you know, we don't let our kids have Halloween candy. Um, we do the switch, which where we take their candy and they, they go trick or treating. They still get the fun of it. Uh, we, st- we typically sneak in something healthy that they can pick from. And they always pick what we put in. 
so they can have some of that. But then we take all their candy and the switch, which comes and makes them toys. And so my kids have never sat there and gone through a bag of Halloween candy because it's bad. And then people are like, well, what do you mean? Am I a bad parent for letting my child do that? I said, no, you're not a, you're not a bad anything. It's just the choice that we made as a family is we don't want our kids to grow up eating candy. Why? Well, because diabetes and cancer are really bad problems. Same with obesity. And where do you think that comes from? Yeah, 100%. And people like, well, did I catch cancer? No, you worked really hard to create it. And, you know, if there's people listening with cancer, I'm not saying that to be a dick. Cancer is not the enemy. Cancer is the body's defense mechanism to keep you alive in a, in a bad environment. Yeah. Like let's, let's, let, let's hold on. I, I, my phone went to the wrong thing. Yeah. I heard so, it's all good. <laughs> it's all good, dude. Yeah. No, a hundred percent. I think that uh, a lot of people uh, don't really understand that. And I think the, you know, there's not a lot of research out there. I mean, a lot of people are ignorant to that fact. I mean, at the end of the day, a lot of people still don't, still don't know how to, understand the labels on the foods that they're buying and understand macro micronutrients and stuff like that. And I think when we can arm ourselves with that bit of knowledge, um, it goes a long way to making healthier food choices. I really have, I've talked to a lot of people that really, they, they look at me like the deer in the headlight look, they're like, what that, that granola bar is bad for me, but it says healthy on the package. I'm like, it says heart association. Wow. Right. Yeah. 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 I'm with you. Like we, we've been teaching people health and nutrition for a long time. And it's funny because everyone in America now has got gluten intolerance. Right. And it's fun. It's so interesting. Cause when we were kids growing up, we could eat gluten, we could eat the grains and not have the issues. Yeah. Okay. We could eat everything. You know, now when you eat something like that in America, and I'm pre- pretty sure it's in Canada too, cause I see a lot of posts from Canadians that there's this gluten intolerance. Okay, yeah. so gluten hasn't changed. It's all the chemicals that have gone into the production of these gluten products. So we don't have a gluten problem. We have a glyphosate problem. We have GMO problem, but we're going to blame a certain food. So the funny thing is, I was over in Italy last year for my 40th birthday. My wife and I went over the, went over for a week in Italy, and I was crushing like croissants and all the stuff that the Italians eat. Never yeah. had a single ounce of problem. Didn't gain any weight. Like it was awesome. Come back here. I smell something. I eat it. And I'm like automatically ballooned. Like my body goes into stress because of the chemicals. It's altering my hormones. And yet, what am I going to blame? Oh, it's my genetic makeup. No, I made a bad choice. I can't eat that stuff. And that's just all I'm trying to say to these. Listen, I'm not trying to offend you if you have a problem. But when I had cirrhosis and diabetes, it was all due to me and my body's, my, my immune system was shut down from damage to my spine. And, you know, I, I, I couldn't take it anymore and I had to become responsible. So all I'm saying is if you got a problem, just be responsible. Like if you have to read a label, don't eat it. That's the simplest thing. If I could change that in any listener's advice right now, if you're reading the ingredients on something, don't eat it. Yeah. It's not good for you. That's great advice. That is absolutely great advice. Yeah, if it's got a label and you and you got to read it, then yeah, you probably shouldn't be eating it. Absolutely right. And then people want to go organic. What should I do? To me, I only eat organic fruits and veggies. Why? Because the less spray, the better. Now people are going to say, "Well, it's still the same." I don't care. 
uh, organic apple is different than a non-organic apple in the amount of wax that's on the apple. Yeah. Why? Because they want it to look better. Great. Now, am I going to eat wax? No. Because most of you would tell your kids at, at the birthday cake, don't eat the candle, the wax. You can't eat it. Yet you're eating it on your apple every single day. <laughs> so like, let's go. It's, it's the same thing. Like, are there healthy potato chips? Are there healthy chips? Yeah, man, we, you should see down here. And it's so crazy because when, when you Canadians come down here, you get to see the difference of health food and the billion dollar industry it's become in America. And so we got all like these grain free chips and you can buy into the fact that they're still healthy, right? They're made of a lot better. There's no bad oils, no bad fats, but it's still not healthy. It's still a chip. It's still something fried. It's not living. It's dead. Yeah. And then we eat them and we're like, but I, uh, why am I gaining weight? Well, because I ate a bag of, there's this brand called Siete. It's like made of costs of a root flour. They're absolutely amazing. Like no bad ingredients, but you can still eat a bag of chips and go, why am I gaining weight? Well, cause you ate chips, but they're yeah. healthy. It's just like the organic, organic chocolate is still chocolate. Organic peanut butter cups are still candy, but it's organic. So it's just a different mindset, man. Yeah, it totally is. And it seems to be, you know, if you like, when you think, um, you know, you went to Italy, you look at the global part of things like that's something really to pay attention to is a lot of these countries have, you know, you look at certain parts of Asia where, you know, people are eating rice and bread all day long and living into their hundreds. And yet, you know, we view that some of those foods as bad, you know, don't, Oh God, don't eat that. Don't eat this. And then, and you know, there's a lot of truth to be said with, with, you know, the capitalist part of marketing and making money oh. and the things that we do, these companies do with foods that, um, that really prey on people's ignorance. I think that's the best way I can say it. Oh, the dairy cartel. Look, yeah. look at dairy. Everyone thinks you need to have dairy for strong bones. Everyone. And yeah. then they don't understand when they eat all this dairy, they're breaking their bones because it actually does the opposite. Yeah. Like my, my wife only produced breast milk when my kids were of that age. After that, she stopped. Yeah. Yet we're drinking another animal's milk and we think that there's nothing wrong with it. I'm like, come on, we're marketed to death. And you know, you mentioned a topic about Asia and stuff like that. If listeners, if you go look up the blue zones, B L U E zones, it's the healthiest places in the world. These people live into their hundreds, if not nineties, no sickness, no disease, no drugs in the blue zones. Yeah. And it's like, these are places in the world I want to go. Cause I love studying culture and I love studying health from different sides and the blue zones, you go look at these people, A, yeah, they eat a lot of these foods, but B, they come back to the thing you started the call with, living the American dream. Like, I'm down south from you in, in America, and the American dream down here is how much bigger can stuff get and be? Yeah. Right? Like, iPhone whatever came out, and I fell into this years ago where every time a new phone came out, I'd go line up. I had to have it first. Yeah. And then you realize that it's the same, same thing. And it's just bigger and it's my problems and it creates as more stress. Yeah. So I think of the big thing of fun fit fathers is, you know, big part of that's a mental aspect of what are you doing? Yeah. You have to have fun, get out of, get out of, like I said, I, I love that you gave up, you know, your corporate job to go after something that you care about and that motivates you. And that's life. That is like life. I, yeah. When you were sharing that story, Mike, I remember seeing a video of Tom Brady after he won his fifth Super Bowl. 
and he was getting interviewed. I can't remember what show. And he's like, you know, Tom Brady's life must be great. You've won five Super Bowls. You got all this money. And the man looked in the camera and I saw a moment of darkness in someone I've never seen. And I saw a hurting person. He goes, but I'm missing something. Right here, you've won. You've been in the biggest stage in sports. You win it five times. You got millions of dollars and something's missing. Yeah. And that's that happiness. That's that joy. That's less stress. That's, you know, people think that having money is the success principle. I mean, fuck, it's, it's not. No, having money takes care of one problem. Money. <laughs> that's it. That's all it does. It right. takes care of, I've talked to a lot of very, very wealthy people who have, astronomical amounts of money they're never going to go broke even if they try to spend it all and their lives are not even close to being happy and when you talk to them you're like hey like geez must be nice having like six houses in different parts of the world like yeah it fixes a problem but it doesn't fix everything and it's like wow like it's a lot of times you ask them, what would you rather have? Like more time with my kids, more time with my family, yeah, better health. Yeah. And, and I think there's something to be said too with, you know, and I, you know, middle income house, maybe middle to high for a long time. When you're in a unhappy situation, what usually transpire or comes of that is consumerism. I, I bought and spent all of my money to try and fulfill something that was, was, was missing. So now when I have minimal, I live in a small apartment, drive a little car, you know, my expense, my personal expenses are not as big as they used to be, but I don't really need anything other than helping somebody else. And when, what comes of it is, is this other wealth, this wealth of support and caring and loving and understanding and it's just a completely different way of looking at life. And I think if more people had that viewpoint and did something and I, and I preach this to my, my son, I said, follow the path that you want, do what you absolutely love. The money will come later. Don't do the opposite. Don't chase the dollar, chase the passion. And if it's meaning that you paint pictures on the street corner, because that's what you love to do. And it's just, I'm just throwing that out there. And maybe one day somebody walks by and says, boy, I love that, that artwork. I'll, uh, can I take it for $10,000? You know, like you never really know what, what will transpire. As long as you're doing what you absolutely love, good things will come your way. And I truly it, believe that. Yep. Purpose and passion, man. Like what? Yeah. Purpose and passion. That's the biggest thing. Like do, do whatever you want to do, do it to your best. You give it all, you give it your all, you'll be successful. Right. And, but you have to also determine what success is for you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Determine. I'm like you, like the question. Right. Impacting people's lives is successful. Yeah, exactly. Money in the bank doesn't mean success. And I know a lot of people still are driven that or wired that way. You know, our, 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 the generation before us were, were very much like that. And, you know, I've had this car. My parents are very supportive. They've always been very supportive and I've been very lucky and fortunate to have that. But it was, it used to be get a job, get a good job pay your bills, feed your family and retire. And then figure that out when you do that. 
Cause I don't even know what that means anymore. Like what, like my whole perception on retirement was like, okay, the day I hit 65 years old, I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to figure it out. There's, yes. See, I'm, yeah. I'm never going to retire. What Here's my plan. I'm like you. People always ask me, what's your retirement plan? No, my, my vision of way I'm going to go out in this world is I'm going to be 110. I'm going to still be in practice, getting people healthy. I'm going to adjust someone at my office and die giving my last adjustment. Like, I love it. That's, love that's it. my vision. So people yeah. always have a vision of my life. Well, I have a vision of my death. Like I'm going to go out adjusting someone. Why? Because that's when I get joy. I get joy helping people. So why not do that? Yeah, absolutely. You got to have that. You have to understand like people like we compartmentalize our lives into like childhood, school, work, retirement. Those are like the four boxes. And then, you know, the work life is just something you have to do. And it's like, why are you giving up this life that's been given to you? to these four little compartmentalized boxes, which absolutely mean nothing where you could just have a nice, happy, fulfilling life until the day you die and doing what you enjoy doing. And that's going to change. I mean, we all evolve and uh, the best part of life is not knowing where we're going to end up. When I posted my first post on this fit fun father, I had no idea where, how far it would reach. And I'm only two months into it. You know, I can only imagine two years from now where this will be. Five but, but hold on, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop you there. You're, you're not two months into it. Well, I'm like 40, that's the funny 42, thing. I'm 42 years into it. <laughs> right, but you, you just got on. It's like I, I don't want you to take away all the work you did behind, right? No. Like all the work leading up to this was all a stepping stone of, sure. of why you're here today. Yeah. So don't, don't, don't sell yourself short. Because, yeah, you've been on, you've been live, and people have heard the Fun Fit Father for two months. But the making of it is the is the best part. Like, yeah. you know, in this day and age of social media, that we can go rent a Lamborghini and take pictures, and be like, oh, "Look what I got!" Like, no. Like I said at the beginning, the struggle is real, and people need to understand that. Like, there's going to be how many days when you got yourself into shape, did you not want to get out of bed to go do that? Oh, lots. Most of them. <laughs> right. Like yeah, a lot of these. I like cooking none, but why do I do it? Why do I get adjusted? Why do I do my self care? Why do I do the work I do? It's because it's important to me. There's awesome. other things I'd rather do. So. Well, for sure. There's, there's always that. And, and, uh, it's, it's a, an amazing journey. And I've, of course, I'm super glad that I could get you on. I know we talked about this for the last couple of weeks and, and, uh, I'm a big proponent on just doing. I'm not too worried about how professional things may look. Uh, do it. And I tell everybody yeah. out there, just if you're listening to this and you're on the fence about getting in shape or heck, it doesn't even have to be that doing something you love with your life. Just do it. Don't worry about what it's going to look like. You know, just do it. Who, who cares? It'll work itself so one, out. So one of my mentors said, um, here, here, I'll give this a list too if you if you want to get in shape and you haven't started and you're afraid all i want you to do tomorrow is set your alarm for 30 minutes earlier put on your workout shoes and go stand outside your front door that's it that's your whole only homework shoes on tennis shoes on go stand outside your front door and just do that every day and see what happens yeah i love it that's fantastic
Well, thanks for having me on. I super appreciate it. I'm, I'm glad to be on this journey and helping you in any way I can. And, you know, creating a community of fun fit fathers, man. I, I'm super stoked to do this. Yeah, dude. No, it's been a pleasure. Any final thoughts before we wrap this sucker up and I'll get down to producing this thing and we'll get her out tonight. No, man, just uh, final thoughts or just be who you are. Um, live a fun life and take, take responsibility. And if you need any help health wise, reach out to me. I'm here to help anyone that listens to this. I'll point you in the right direction. Um, and if I can help you, I will. Awesome, dude. Again, I respect you. I appreciate you. We've been, uh, we've known each other for a very long time. I'm so wickedly glad that uh, you and I are back talking and having a good time and, and I'm going to come see you. I promise. Um, Let's do it. I would say early to mid next year is a realistic cool. time frame. And, uh, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to do some pretty wicked stuff together. So I'm super, absolutely man. Super pumped. Bad boys for life. Hell yeah. All right, everybody. Great. Thanks again. Uh, thank you, RJ, for joining me on the fit fun father podcast, and we will check all of you later. Peace. Laters. Peace. What's up, everybody? Thanks again for listening to episode eight of the Fit Fun Father podcast. My guest was RJ. Man, unbelievable episode. Truly loved it. I hope you guys loved it too. I hope you guys subscribe, share this with all of your friends. If you look at the link below, I will, I'm going to include a bunch of places you can go, uh, including RJ's website um, for chiropractic as well as some cool Facebook pages, resourcing um, a couple notable people that you can go to for specific things, as well as myself, one-on-one coaching that I provide. If you guys also leave a review and a comment, we can get on a call one-on-one and hopefully help you get towards your journey. I hope you guys had a wonderful, wonderful episode. Guys, we're going to do another episode here in the next couple days. I'm going to leave it a surprise, but we're probably going to have a guest on. Uh-huh. Going to be good. Anyway, thanks again, and we'll see you guys on the next one.